Parents, is your teen college ready? Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or excited about your teen applying to college? Do you know what colleges are looking for? And if your kid gets in, do you know what you'll pay for it? College admission has never been so competitive or expensive. Shelly Howard will take you on a journey to help you and your teen get college ready. Now here's your host, Shelly. Hello, this is Shelly Howard with College Ready and Parents. Is your teen college ready? As you know, I bring guests into your world so you can have all the resources to make the big decisions. And today I have a wonderful guest, Shahar Link. Shahar, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Um, well, I am the founder and CEO of Mindspire Tutoring and Test Prep. I founded it 12 years ago in Durham, North Carolina. And I would say now it's probably the largest independent tutoring company in the state of North Carolina. Although at this point we have students from all over the United States and I currently live in Boulder, Colorado and we're building a, a clientele here. But we have I have students in New York, California, Florida, you name it, all over the place. Um, before I founded Mindspire, I was a high school teacher for 10 years. Um, before that, I got a master's degree in history from Stanford University. And before that, a bachelor's in history from Binghamton University, where I uh, close to where I grew up in New York. Um, I, I love uh, working with students. I've tutored thousands of students in the SAT and the ACT. Um, and uh, I'm not the only guy on the team. We have an amazing team of, of tutors who can, who can work with pretty much any subject a high school student would ever encounter. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, this is going to be so fun. I have a million questions just floating around. So let's start with the one that I find fascinating. And that is when you were in high school, did you think that you would be in the tutoring world? No, definitely not. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, and I took the LSAT. I did really well. And in the in the process of applying to law school, I realized that I didn't actually want to go to law school. Um, so that was that was a good experience. Uh, or that was an informational experience, the test itself. Um, no, and then I was on track to be to to uh, become a professor of history. And along the way, I realized that wasn't quite for me either. Um, I was spending 12 hours a day in a library and I kind of just realized I liked people too much to be spending 12 hours a day sort of in, you know, looking at books that were written 300 years ago. Um, so this ended up being, you know, I became a teacher and I loved that. And then I, I have loved owning a business and, and strategizing and thinking about that and working with, with students, but working with tutors and working with our clients and a really diverse range of people. And that's been really fun. So, you know, life is a journey and sometimes, you know, maybe I'm a late bloomer, you know, but, you know, sometimes it takes a while to figure out your happy place in terms of uh, career and work and all of that. I love that question because so many students that I sit down to talk to, you know, I'll say, have you thought about what you might want to major in? And they get really ashamed. Like, I should know, and I don't know, and I feel bad I don't know, but I don't know what I don't know. And then all of a sudden, they're they're feeling really bad. I'm like, why do you feel bad? 
I go, I didn't know at your age, we mm-hmm. need to talk about your core values, your gifts, your talents, your advocacy. Like we need to get to know who you are. That's important. But like you, I changed my major five times and that's okay. It's just now as we get these students ready to apply and be competitive, colleges are asking them to take a side. And that is probably very challenging. Let's talk about Stanford for a moment. Beings that I live in Southern California, that is our Ivy. And a lot of students, like that's their dream school. Can you share a little bit about your experience at Stanford? Sure. Stanford was pretty awesome. Uh, I was there as a graduate student, so it's a little bit of a different experience than an undergraduate student. Although I got pretty involved in acting in the drama department there, so and it was about twenty five percent graduate students, and uh, and the rest were undergraduates. So I sort of mixed in a little bit. I was I was a young graduate student. It wasn't too too weird or anything, um, but it's beautiful. The weather is kind of unbeatable for, from my perspective. It's like almost always sunny um, and not too hot. Um, you know, this was some time ago. I, I, I think that the Silicon Valley has changed a bit. Uh, and But I have the feeling that Stanford still for undergraduates exists as this pretty idyllic little bubble there. Um, you know, the 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 students and the professors are pretty much across the board, high caliber, interesting, ambitious people who bring a lot to the table in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so it's it, it it's a it's a great place. Uh, I always you know, I'm I mostly tutor the SAT and the ACT, and I have a lot of students who want to go to Stanford too, and it is ridiculously hard to get into that school. <laughs> um, so I don't want to build it up too much. There are a lot of wonderful colleges in the United States. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a great place. And, and if you get in, um, then, you know, you'll probably have a pretty good experience. I love that. So, you know, I, I want to just honor that. I mean, you got in. My son, he, he laughs now. He went to Harvard and he's like, I probably couldn't get in now. Do you kind of feel the same way? Like if you had to apply all over again, that that might be a little more challenging? Probably. Uh, it's, you know, I was there, I I got a master's and did a one and a half years towards the PhD and left in 2002. So it's been 21 years and that has been a sea change in the college <laughs> admissions world, just off the charts. So for sure. Probably, yeah. So let's dive right into the big question. When I get a potential client or or a new student, they are trying to convince me that there's no need to take the SAT or the ACT because it's optional. And it's my belief um, that I don't know how optional it is because even if it is today, will it be tomorrow? And that's always the big question. They can decide at any point, but you're in the world, you're in the space of is it optional? What is the advice you're giving your students? Well, the first thing is I like to follow the data, right? I'm tutoring a lot of math and there's a lot of data questions. So let's look at the data. The, the data is that if you submit a score that is above the 50th percentile, meaning above the median for that particular college that you're applying to, 
then you are roughly twice as likely to get in than someone who, even though this doesn't really exist, someone who would be exactly the same as you, but would not submit a score, right? So all else being equal, if you can get above the median for that school, then you are really pretty significantly increasing your chances of getting in by submitting that score. And mm -hmm. that makes sense, right? There's also just a reasonableness to that. The SAT and the ACT, at, despite all of their flaws, are the only, really the only objective thing that colleges have that can compare something about a student in Miami, Florida, to a student in Houston, Texas, to a student in Michigan, whatever, right? Everything else can be so different and so hard to get a read on, right? What schools did they go to? What kind of experiences did they have? Where did they grow up? What was their family like? What were their hardships? What were their, you know, sports programs like? Whatever it is, all of this is so different and so subjective that colleges have to work pretty hard to be able to compare students from these different backgrounds. But the SAT and the ACT gives them one thing that can compare. So it makes sense that they would still care about it. Um, the optional piece is great. And there are times when if a student comes in with a certain score and it's significantly lower than the median for any of the schools they're interested in, we will advise them, you know, this process might not make sense for you. Um, you would be putting in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and might not even get to a point where submitting makes sense. So, you know, we will talk about that. And it does, and so in that kind of situation, test optional is a good thing. I mean, I, I, it's, it's nice. But for most students who are trying to get into more competitive schools where colleges are gonna look at every little piece of data that they can look at, submitting mm -hmm. a good score can really help you. So it's interesting to hear it from your perspective, because when I talk to students, because I don't tutor, <laughs> I take it from uh, the, the data that shows that students who submit test scores have a better chance of getting scholarships. Mm -hmm. So the data is pointing us to, if you want money, show me the money, then you definitely want to take a test. And we're advising anybody who wants scholarships to take a test. And a diagnostic, right, one that doesn't count is a good place to start mm -hmm. because, if, right, if they need to go optional, they need to go optional. Right. But it is an interesting perspective. Um, the other thing that I think is important, and I would love your take on this, is uh, my firstborn, he uh, said, mom, please, I don't need a tutor. I have straight A's. I got this. And he took his test and he was devastated. He's like, whoa, that was not what I was expecting. And then I'm like, now will you do it my way? And so I hired him a test strategist and he increased his SAT by 300 points. Mm -hmm. It was significant. Mm -hmm. So is that common where students try to do it on their own and it is just rough sailing? And then once they learn from, you know, brilliant people like yourself that there's actually a lot better option. Yeah, that's pretty common. I, I would say something like 20, 25% of our students have tried something on their own before they 
decide that working with us makes sense. Um, it's, you know, what, what I talk about, like the people who want to be really good at something across the board, hire coaches to help them do that. Even the most successful people, right? Um, Bill Gates has a coach, you know, um, Steve Jobs had a coach. I'm just reading a book now called The Trillion Dollar Coach, the guy who coached Steve Jobs. Um, the, these, these amazing people have coaches because everyone has blind spots that they just can't see on their own. You know, no one is superhuman like that. No one has perfect self-awareness about when they're kind of convincing themselves, for example, that they know something that they really don't. Um, so when it comes to something like this that can make a significant impact on kind of like your life, actually, um, mm -hmm. you know, it feels like a pretty reasonable thing to do to hire a coach, hire an expert, hire someone who can point out those blind spots and really knows the best way to get from A to Z, which in this case is a sizable score increase. Um, yeah, we definitely have 300 point score increases. That's the higher end of the like typical range. Um, but our average is you know, for someone who does like a full program of 25 hours of tutoring or so is around in, in the high hundreds, like 180, 190. And then I have definitely tutored students who have my, my single biggest increase is 380 points on the SAT. It was like, wow. Um, I will say that took a lot of hard work. You know, that was like a year of studying, you know, not in exactly every week, but pretty close. Um, and that young man was persistent and had a very clear goal in mind. And that kind of thing, if, if, if those qualities are there, that, that can happen a lot. Um, I did want to say one thing about the scholarships is, yeah, they... I, they often, uh, many schools, and I'm sure you know this, tie scholarships directly mm -hmm. on their websites, super transparently to test scores. If you can get a 1300, we'll give you $10,000. If you can get a 1400, we'll give you $15,000. You know, it's just super, super clear. So that's, if you're, if you're at all in the market for scholarships, absolutely test scores are kind of huge. Yeah. Right. Well, we're very, our mission is to help a million families get into the best fit school and graduate without debt. And part of that is awareness for the student. If they want to do it debt-free, they need to prepare like anything else. You just don't show up and get something for free. And so I, I do believe that testing is very important for scholarships. It's been proven time and time again over the last 16 years. So our students in the last two years earned over $22.3 million in scholarships and every one of them took the test. Yeah, you can't, so, you, yeah, you can't get a really good scholarship without right. the test score for the most part. Yeah. And so that brings me to another major question I get all the time is when should my child take the test and when should they start to prep? Sure. So our recommendation on that is to start essentially the beginning of the summer before junior year. And what we recommend starting with is taking a baseline practice, not going in and sign official, but a, a practice SAT and a practice ACT. Um, 
in our office in the Triangle area of North Carolina. We do those in person, proctored, but we also do them every Saturday morning at 9.30 online on, on Zoom, uh, proctored, and we just send you everything and make it really seamless for the student to get an experience so that it's kind, you know, kind of simulated to the real thing. Um, <clears throat> so we suggest that they do that at the end of their sophomore year or in the summer before junior year. And then, <clears throat> then there are two decisions to make. First, which test is better, the SAT or the ACT? And the second decision is how much do I need to study, right? So how far away from, <clears throat> excuse me, how far away from my target score am I now? And and we advise, we have different packages as a company, some, you know, and the packages are sort of based on, well, if you want to go up 200 points, our experience shows you're probably going to need to do X amount of hours. If you want to go up 250 or 300 points, you're going to need to do more. Um, the reason why it's nice to start in the beginning of junior year is spring semester of junior year is often really hard to juggle everything. You know, you're you you really want to get your best grades and then to throw on test prep on top of it can be pretty tricky. We start to see a good number of cancellations at that time. So it's nice to be done before that point. Not every student can. So mm -hmm. in that case, you know, you, you study hard until let's say January, February of your junior year, then you might take a little bit of a break and then continue once all of the hard spring semester stuff is over put another effort in in the summer before senior year and then get your best score, let's say in August or September or October of your senior year. Um, mm -hmm. Many students do get their best score later, like in October of their senior year, for example, or in September for the ACT. Um, but yeah, so so we don't, you know, we, we it's it could be helpful to do that, but you often don't need to do such a big push for that. It's it's a little better to do the bigger push earlier, because also by that time, I'm sure you know there are all this application stuff to deal with. Mm -hmm. So if you wait too long, you're you you're trying to squeeze a little bit too much into not that much time and it gets really stressful. So that's why we, we, we lean a little bit toward, let's, let's start earlier and have a little more wiggle room just in case. What's your thoughts on students who are uh, start algebra two as a freshman? The debate says they should take it before they lose it or not. And I've had students, I had two students take the ACT their freshman year and get a perfect score. So had they waited, you know, again, we don't know. But from a, from a professional's perspective, somebody who has already taken the, the core, is it better to wait and do that timing or should it be a strategized time based on the student? It's based on the student. It's not a huge number of students, but I mean, if we, if I get a phone call from a parent and it's pretty clear that this is a high achieving student who's, who's done a lot in terms of math, especially by freshman year or sophomore year, I will definitely suggest that they come and they take a mock test. And if that mock test gives them a 1500 or 1450 on the SAT, even as a, a freshman or a sophomore, then yeah, go for it. And it's really nice to be done before junior year, you know, 
Um, again, it's a small number of students, but when it happens, uh, yeah, for sure, go ahead. Yeah, you know, every student is so unique. Mm -hmm. And I know there's no, you know, same way. Everything we do is custom. When we put together a testing strategy, it has to take into, are they a scholar athlete? Are they, you know, in the band? Is it marching season? You know, right? Right. So, so like scholar athletes often, their timeline is, is, is up because recruiters want to see test scores in junior year. So yes, absolutely. Everyone has their own puzzle to figure out. Yeah. So for parents who are listening out there and you're like, okay, I was confused before. Now I'm really confused. You definitely want to reach out and get some professional recommendation because not every student is going to go through the same process. I have four kids and they all did it different. My own four. So, you know, I think a good gauge is, is the average timeline and some may be quicker and some may be slower. It's just like walking, right? It's just like talking. And so I love that you have that flexibility. So if a family was like, we really need some test help, how could they reach out to you? What would be that opportunity? Really simply go to our website, mindspire.com, www.mindspire, M-I-N-D, mind and spire, like inspire, but just put the mindspire together.com and <clears throat> fill out any of the contact forms. Uh, there, there's one on every page, look around, see what, you know, see what you think, get ready if you have any questions, but just fill out the contact form. And if you mention the college ready podcast or anything along those lines, we will take 10% off of any of our package prices for, for, uh, listening to, uh, this conversation. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That is such a wonderful gift. And you know, parents, as you're thinking about this, I want to put one other thought in your mind. And that is, I saw with my own two eyes, so many students who fought it because there's not one teenager who is super excited about test prep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but all the students I get to help, they're like, Shelly, do I have to? And what I explained to them is the skill will help them get through college. It's not something that will be just learn it and throw it away. Every test, it, it's not just an IQ, it's, it's how do you beat the test, right? So I tell families, what do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so first of all, test taking is a skill, right? And this is the first really big one that most students hit. And if you take the process seriously, you won't have to do this again when you want to apply to law school or medical school or business school, all of which have tests. You'll know what to do. You'll know how this works to master a test, master the material on it, master the strategies, all of it. You'll be able to do it on your own. I, I The best testimonial I ever got was a student who I worked with who, upon getting into Harvard Business School, sent me a message on Facebook and saying, I would, I could not have done this without learning how to take tests from you. And it just like, still gives me shivers. It's, it's amazing. You know, um, it's such a crucial skill if in most 
areas of work and career that that we want to to do. Um, and then the other part is like students will actually learn real math when they you know, going up 300 points means you've actually learned some more math that you didn't know before. It also means that you've learned some grammar things that probably never got taught in school because schools often just don't teach grammar. Um, you've learned to pay attention to some aspects of reading that you may not have paid attention to before, for example, you know, parts of like evidence and and main idea and gotten maybe some tricks for how do you notice an author's main idea super quick, you know, these are all content skills that are also really important to do well in college and beyond. So <clears throat> I think there's, there's both of these parts of the benefits are very real and very, very helpful for, for the long term. So great. My son is a, a same advocate. He used his SAT uh, testing skills. He got a 98 on the MCAT and self-studied. Mm -hmm. So it, he used all those same skills. And so families, I know your teenager does not get excited about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's kind of like going to the dentist. They tell me I didn't mm -hmm. have to take this test, but my students are very vocal about how they feel about it. And I will just encourage all of you, if you want scholarships, for sure, for sure. If you're competing for a top tier school, for sure, for sure. And if you just need something else that your student is good at, testing is a wonderful opportunity. So thank you so much for being on the show, Shahar. I just wanted to say one thing about the dentist. <laughs> we really try to we really try to make it fun. <clears throat> it can't be fun, fun. This isn't you know going to the ball game, but when you're working with a good tutor, they can they 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 throw in some jokes to put some smiles on some faces so that it doesn't feel like the drill is out the whole time, and that's really <laughs> important um, because otherwise it just doesn't work very well either. So, but I hear you. Um, even if it does feel like going to the dentist, it's still something you got to do. Um, yeah, so it's been a pleasure talking to you and really, really wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. So until next time, remember, planning is so important in this process and starting right now. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have a wonderful day.